proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye, bye, bye? Question mark? <laughs> It is hot by summer. Hello, and welcome to Hot by Summer, the podcast that's your one-stop shop for everything by with your host, me, Charmy. Everything from by news, by TV shows and films, by awakenings, and so much more. So let's get into it. So today I am joined by both Annabelle and Gemma. And I'm so excited to get into this episode. It's so interesting. I I feel like a lot of my experiences are so singled and I'm just like, oh, it's just me that's experiencing this. It's just me. It's just me. It's just me. It's just me. Well, turns out it's not just me. Turns out I'm not crazy. Turns out that I'm not the only one experiencing the dating woes that I am experiencing. Um, so it was just cool to be joined by the two of them. Um, we're going to get into that. Before we do, remember that in my description, I have their ats, I have their bios, I have a little short snippet. Go follow them immediately. Go engage with their content. Uh, go follow them on TikTok, all the things. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. I love it when people say that. Something about that gets me like real ready to go. And I think it's because I'm a Virgo Venus and somebody's like housekeeping. I'm like, I'm like, oh, we've got plans. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm a little wet from that. Anyways, um, housekeeping. So um, in my bio, and by bio, I mean description, uh, there's a link for Brittany Griner. Uh, her change.org uh, petition. So please sign that if you haven't already. Please share that if you haven't already. Please talk about that if you haven't already. Also in my description, I am also going to be giving resources for Iran. I am not the most knowledgeable person about all the social issues in the world, but I know that this is an issue that is really important. And um as somebody that is a marginalized person, it's important to talk about other marginalized people that doesn't center Western lens, the Western lens. Um, so yeah, I'm going to put resources because you know, you already know my biggest pet peeve is when people start talking about issues, talking, 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 and then we're all talking about it, but nobody's doing anything. So I'm going to put some resources in the show notes so that you all can support and help uh, the people of Iran, specifically the women of Iran who are literally risking their lives. Um, and so that'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, and then lastly, this is my motherfucking birthday episode, bitch. It's my birthday, bitch. Uh, so this is coming out on the 27th, which means that my birthday is going to be just, just, just two, two, three days after that, uh, October 30th is my V-Day. So, um, if I've ever made you laugh, if I've ever made you chuckle, if I've ever made you think critically about the world around you, if I ever made you feel like you've gotten a black girl hug, send me some money. Um, because educational labor and funnies and all that stuff costs money, uh, to make. Uh, podcasts cost money to make. Uh, creating content costs money to make. So send me money if you like me. 
Or if you don't like me, honestly, I don't care. Send me money. <laughs> money, I don't care. Um, but yeah, let's get into the episode. Uh, I'm very excited about this episode. I'm very excited about this being my birthday episode. Uh, but without further ado, here is Annabelle and Gemma in our episode titled Gaby. We're here. Woo! We're here and we're queer. This is exciting. Okay. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm beyond hype. If there is a word for beyond hype, that's what I am in this very, 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 very moment. Okay. So welcome to Hot by Summer. I am so excited to have two incredible guests here today. I should have prepared bios, but honestly, <laughs> we already know, we already know astro- astrologically, we already know we're, <laughs> what we're coming with. Um, I'm so excited to have both Gemma and Annabelle here. I really just want you both to like give a little intro. Maybe you can do a sun moon rising situation uh maybe a venus and a mercury so we can kind of know talking wise what what we're getting and like love life wise what we're getting i mean we don't need your chiron we don't need your asteroids we don't need your neptune we don't need to know your biggest moon annabelle not yet not yet Maybe, maybe next time. Third uh, date. Third date. Yes. yes. Third date. Third date. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to start only because I see Gemma on my screen first, we're going to start with Gemma and then we'll go to Annabelle. But yeah, give me your sun, moon, rising, um, a little bit about yourself. Who the heck are you? How do you identify? I don't know. Just, just wing it. I? You got this. Let me yeah. bring it. We got this. We got this. I am a Pisces sun. I'm a Virgo moon. And I'm a Pisces rising, so double whammy, double whammy for you. I don't I know. know you had a Virgo moon. It's my weird. Know that God, either. I didn't know that. I got my birth t- like my exact birth time recently, and then I looked everything up, and I was like, oh, this is what we are. This is what we're working Aww. with now. So it all fell into place. I don't know the other placements very well. I know that there is an Aries Mars, which is kind of terrifying. Oh, checks out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn <laughs> so, sorry sorry we i was not expecting that we know what that meant we both knew yeah. what that meant i'm sure if anybody is listening you're like oh oh, oh. it's not bad it's like it's your mars yeah your mars is how you fight and fuck mm-hmm. and like your mars <laughs> being aries like you're nasty yes it is and it's like so unassuming because you're like so sweet pisces Mm -hmm. and then you're like here we are here we are in my (laughs) final form (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love this okay so annabelle talk to me what about you all right my friends um i am definitely um an astrology queer so i am honored to be on (laughs) with the by astrology charmy um I'm oh. so excited. So I am, I know almost my whole chart by heart, but you guys don't need that. And we, we aren't going to get into it. I'm just going to give you the big three and then my Venus and Mercury because you asked for me. Yes. So I am a the big Virgo five. The big sun, five. Um, a Pisces moon, and then a Cancer rising. And then I'm a Scorpio, Venus, and a Virgo Mercury. So Lots of lots of words oh. happening around up in here. I like to say that I'm a really good email writer, and that's why I'm yes. so good at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, yeah, you're. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
I was just going to say you're really good at speaking up for yourself. Oh, you, you're, you. I, I don't know. Virgo, uh, Mercury. That's what yes, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Virgo Mercuries are, they're very right. good at speaking and being like, hi, this is who I am. And this is what's going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Which I really respect. Thank I you. love that. Thank you. I love that. Well, I'm excited for you both to be on because I feel like both of you have been a part of my queer journey in yeah. such different and big ways. Um, I moved back home like right after coming out. I came out and I was like, okay, I'm just going to be like hoeing it in LA and it's going to be great. And then the pandemic camp happened and I was like, oh God. <gasps> and then I met Gemma and Gemma like literally like walked me through everything and was like, it's going to be okay. You're home, but you're going to make it. Like I was in it deep and Gemma was like really there for me. And this is like while I'm in my small town. And then I saw that Annabelle had um, – like posted something and I was following you. I forget how. And then I saw that it was in state college mm-hmm. and I was like, that's where I am. And I'm in this hellhole. Yes. I need other cool <laughs> queer friends <laughs> to like help me out of this fratty, weird, conservative place. Yeah. And Annabelle was like this bright, beautiful light. And we mm-hmm. met at Panera and it was amazing. So you of both course. have been just incredible. So I'm excited that you're here. Uh, I mean, Sharma, you've been <laughs> part of my queer journey too. And you introduced me and Gemma, which was yes, like, one did. of the best things that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Like, and mm. I should note too that like when Sharmi reached out to me, I was like so excited because I was still really figuring myself out. Um, and little did Sharmi mm. know I was having a whole gay awakening and like a whole gay crisis. So like it was truly mm-hmm. like serendipitous and just so magical that we met. And I was so glad that Sharmi reached out to me. It's so funny when you meet somebody and you think that like they come off like very confident and like you're like, I have this business and I'm an entrepreneur (laughs) and I do this and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I was just, you didn't even say that. I just, that's how I felt because I was like, wow, like this is a boss right here. Like Mm -hmm. I love this. So it's so cool. And then just meeting both, you both are just amazing. Thank you. You both are just amazing. my laptop going off. Sorry if you heard that. (laughs) Continue. No, I love it. It's iconic. <laughs> it, it was iconic. The laptop is always iconic. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go and we're going to get straight into our questions because there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, I think I want this episode to be titled Gabies because I feel like – I mean, it. I don't know if y'all both – identify as being like new baby gays at all because you both seem very confident in your queerness but maybe I mean, i'm just i feel like a baby or over still and i feel lost really so okay like, i'm, I'm happy i'm not alone in this well, yeah i don't want to say better i want to say i have a deeper understanding and, a, and more experience meeting queer people than i did previously though so i don't want to say better because that's such a terrible mm-hmm. term for that but I yes. still sometimes I have I have mad gay panic all the time. So <laughs> me too. Oh brother, I, I don't know when I that's just, gonna go away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it ever goes away because I feel the same way. I'm like I feel like we've moved up in the ranks of like yes. experience and just also you know overall confidence in queerness and standing true in queerness. And then I feel like the more queer people I meet and like bring into my circle, the more confident I feel as well because that's your environment. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. That gay panic still rings incredibly true. So, <laughs> it yeah, it hard. but it's 
Yes. Yeah, it it almost is like we are all kind of feeling this gay panic together and you feel like less alone maybe. (laughs) Collective. And maybe, you know, the title Gaby could be, you know, relating to kind of how we all met and where we all were in our journey. So that's kind of how we all started. And then it could be a situation of that was then. And we can talk about then from now type thing. Full circle moment. Oh, I love that. I am like furiously nodding. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to be like, yeah, yeah, more of that. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. Okay, so like we'll get into our first question then. So what is something that surprised you the most about being bi? So many things. Loving myself more surprised me. Oh. Yeah, because I think that, you know, growing up, had a very, very hard time in school for many, many reasons. And I think a lot of those moments I was feeling very lost. I mean, it was very difficult when, especially public schools can be very categorized and exclusive. And when you are not falling into those exclusive categories, you're kind of like, where am I? What am I doing? And I think that challenged me to kind of take a look and really understand and kind of unravel, okay, who am I? And I really didn't know for the longest time. I was having all these feelings and, you know, attractions to athletic girls was kind of an awakening. What's happening here? Why do I feel a type of way when field hockey people come through? Like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Not the field hockey. Yes, I love that. (laughs) The power, the strength. I was like, what's happening? But I think that you know, being more confident and, you know, having that kind of like, I don't want to say safety net, but I guess that rock and that fluidity of identifying with by just opened up all these doors. And it was like, okay, here's the missing puzzle piece that I have been waiting for. And now this makes sense. And I get to expand on something I've always known for a long time and stepping into that just made me more and more confident and made me like kind of driven to start nurturing myself more. And that was surprising about stepping into clearness. That's so freaking beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my God. God. That's beautiful. Oh my God. Annabelle, what about for you? What's something that surprised you about being bi? Gemma's answer is so beautiful. And I'm just over here. I I have like a sad answer, but I'm just going to, we're honest here. Go for it. For me, like, yeah. (laughs) The thing that honestly really surprised me about being bi was how difficult it felt in terms of like Mm -hmm. understanding the queer community and especially in dating. Um, realizing that there is rampant biphobia within the queer community was heartbreaking for me. And I mean, it continues to be, you know? So that honestly is, I think what surprised me the most was that like, once I kind of figured this out, I expected everything to kind of fall into place and for me to figure a bunch of things Mm. out. And like, that is very true in the sense that like, I have figured so many things out and I've created this amazing community and like been so blessed to meet so many incredible queer people um like both of you right but then at the same time there's always this kind of like trepidation that I kind of have when it comes to meeting other queer people and like Mm -hmm. going on dates especially with sapphic people who I don't know if they're bi if they identify as pan if they identify as lesbian just going on dates with other sapphic people there's always kind of this elephant in the room for me of like how is this person going to feel about the fact that I do have male partners or like have had experience like dating men and like all those kinds of things come up and it's like 
this huge like and maybe it's not for the other person but for me it often feels like this elephant in the room and so for Mm. me that was like really surprising was just really gaining an understanding like when it comes to bisexuality like the different um struggles that happen within this community and like how I was personally kind of facing it because for me my understanding of bisexuality before I really kind of came into and understood it was like oh like when you're bi you have like a quote-unquote choice and there's these terrible and I'm sure you guys have like opinions about this too but like there's these terrible thoughts that people have of like oh well like you get to choose you know there's like a privilege to be Mm. bi right and I think there's yeah. definitely something in ter- like, but it's just, it's a lot more tricky than that. Um, and so that was yeah. honestly like what really surprised me about being bi was just the complexity of it um, mm-hmm. and yeah. the confusion that I have around it still. Yeah, I love that you said that. I love that you you touched on that because I feel like yeah. I came out and then there was a pandemic. So I thought I was going to mm. have all these like incredible like sexual awakenings mm. in 2020 yeah. I was like oh I'm gonna bust it wide open for all these years <laughs> um <laughs> that did not happen Same. I went home and was in Pennsylvania it was a not bunch of really college who's even there yes I was I mean, frat boys frat boys oh, and God. I just was I I had my frat boy era but I was just like not mm. I'm not in that place anymore um right. but I had a lot of time to think about queerness and think about my queer journey and you know decentralized dating blah 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 you know the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that I was confused about or surprised about too like like Annabelle said is this idea of like there's biphobia, you know, within yeah. the queer community overall, but then like it's masked as something else. Mm-hmm. And that's the weirdest mm-hmm. part that's to me. So like, yeah. like I always thought like through TikToks, they're like, yeah, people are biphobic and blah, 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 blah. And it's this and it's that. And I was like, oh, okay, I can swap biphobia. If somebody's like being biased, gross. Like, yes, that's biphobic, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's this other sort of more sinister version of biphobia, which is like, you know, this, like, you know, people will ghost you once you reveal that you're bi or people, yes, or people will, like, say, oh, well, you're bi. And, Mm. like, it's, like, you've expressed experiences with different genders as well. So why are you being weird to me because I'm standing in my bisexuality proudly and strongly? Like, what's up with that? Mm. Like, what's that whole thing? And I've gotten a lot of, like, pushback from other people who – mostly were like maybe by like I had a time where I I wasn't dating this person but somebody was like so do you believe men can be bi and I was like that's what like what that's crazy what the heck no because bi men are elite elite I stand by that elite and so much thank you bi men are elite out here giving people orgasms as they should like bi men are elite (laughs) Elite. I will stand by them through the end of time (laughs) yes anyway end of time so it was just really the biphobia was like masked as this other weird thing that I was yeah I was confused about. And like you said, Annabelle, that's probably one of the most surprising things. People wouldn't come out right and say they're biphobic. Like, mm. I just don't like bisexuals. Like in the nineties, yeah. now now they're just like, Oh, well, like my preferences are just a little different. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We get where this is going, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I love that you said that. I, I absolutely make, love that. I make comment on that too i feel like in terms of like the kind of like pushback we get on it there's almost this like 
stereotype that bi people are overly sexual little monsters yeah. who are just yeah. like freaks and sluts in the negative terminology of that. And then there's this feeling of like, suddenly you're not depicted as being worthy of commitment or this and that. And it's, again, this is yeah. only in the eyes of these people who are biphobic, but there kind of has been that stereotype of like, oh, well, if you like both, you must be, you know, super freaky. And again, you just become this like, just dehumanized shell of a person yeah. because you're over-sexualized and fetishized. Mm -hmm. And it is the weirdest and most disappointing thing when you see that. It is. Around you. Yeah. It really is. And honestly, for me, like I'm a slut because yes. I have a Scorpio Mars, what? not because I'm bi. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Oh, this is putting so era. much, yes, in perspective. Era. Yes, yes. I am, oh, I am, I am, I am deep in my slut yes. era. But like, it's not because I'm bi, it's because I have Scorpio Mars and I'm just like <laughs> insatiable. That's not, that has nothing to do with me being bi. It's because my chart, it's because my chart. Um, so yeah, but I love that. I love that you mentioned that this idea that people are like somehow not committed. And I think that's like the cool thing about being bi because it's like we disrupt the binary. Like, Mm -hmm. What does it even mean to be committed? Like, mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. be committed and be poly, right? Like, oh, polyamorous, polyamorous, you could be committed. <laughs> yeah, you can be committed and be monogamous. Like, what does committed mean? Does it mean coming right. home every night at nine and, like, having amazing sex? Does it mean checking in at 721? Like, what does committed mean? And mm -hmm. I love that, like, us bi folks question that. We're like, oh, well, right. what does that mean? Exactly. And that's what people don't like. It's not that we're not committed. It's that they have to question their own ideals and their own social constructs that they've created. And they're like, oh, it's all fake. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, people it's are, been fake the whole time. People are so comfortable in routine and familiarity. I mean, we've seen the divide that we're currently in, which I will not go off on. But when people's beliefs and routines and comfortabilities are challenged like that, there is a mass pushback, especially like in this country, too. And what we don't realize yeah. is that no matter what you do and no matter what you try, you know, to push back on or fight against, things are going to progress whether you like it or not. And people like us are going to continue to challenge these ideals because that is what we are here for, but also that is just going to be the natural progression of the legacy that queer people leave. And just in general, that's just how life is. <laughs> but people don't like the wake-up call to that. They don't like mm -hmm. the uncomfortable idea that maybe better could exist, or maybe, you know, you're settling and in reality, there's a lot more out there than you're actually aware of. I mean, to like, I even love that. Go, like, even like, more specific than you were saying, Jim, like as you were saying that, something that comes to mind for me is like specifically when it comes to bisexuality and even like pansexuality as well, just like any kind of, whenever people, like queer people, um, or even people who just identify specifically as queer, right, as opposed to like more, mm -hmm. um, what's a better word for this, but people who specifically identify as being open to multiple genders, right, like yeah. I think when it comes to kind of that idea of commitment, right, is like a lot of people have this fear that like oh well if this person like feels open to different genders does that mean that they're going to always want these other experiences with other genders right. and whatnot um and yeah. that's kind of where that idea it, it kind of just pulls the entire concept of like monogamy and commitment into question for them and it makes them rethink all of it and it forces them to just kind of go 
oh, like, what the hell? And like, it, it creates a really deep insecurity that, um, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Cause like, as like a, re- I'm a relationship anarchist, I'm polyamorous. Um, and so mm-hmm. that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people who are in those communities and use those terms to describe themselves. Um, but for me specifically, like I really take the time to kind of reconsider these ideas of monogamy and, um, and commitment and try and really create relationships that make sense based on what I currently want in my life. And then also meeting Mm. other people that I meet, right. With what Mm -hmm. they're wanting. And I think that part of what happens when you meet people who are monogamous or maybe people who are straight, people who um, are not by queer um, hand, it really forces them to kind of, they start questioning it because there's so much insecurity that monogamy, yeah. I think, I don't want to say monogamy specifically, but um, what, what's my term that I'm looking for? Compulsive monogamy that we've been like taught yeah. and that we've been forced into that yeah. type of monogamy specifically, not that monogamy itself is bad. It just forces people to kind of, it creates a really deep insecurity. And so just by existing, just by That's... seeing by, it forces people when they are in partnership with you to really question this and kind of notice this about themselves and the way that they've been brought up. Mm. I love that. Oof. That is wow. Ooh. You articulated that I like, so well. God. That was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Virgo Mercury. Like, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There it is. You you saw it in real life. <laughs> um I love that. And then so then we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what has by dating specifically been like and looked like for each of you? Um, and do you have any like fun tricks that you've learned along the way? Wow. <laughs> That's like a nice what way a of journey. phrasing it. But yeah. Who's gonna answer yeah. first? Yeah. <laughs> Gemma has been around. I'm going to go for this. Um, Gemma has go been around okay. my queer dating journey. This, mm, this she that you Ooh, know. I'm ready. What I have been through. I have been going through mm-hmm. oh, no. So I will give Andy? you guys some background. So um, around the time that I met Charmy, actually, um, oh my God, wow. That feels like yeah. Ago. I guess that was like two and a half, three years ago. I think it was a little bit less than three years. But it was pandemic two yeah, and a half, three pandem- years ago. So, so it was like, like so like seven to five exactly. years. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it basically was a lifetime ago. Um, but around yeah. that time, I was in a wonderful monogamous partnership with a straight cis guy um, that is mm-hmm. still a wonderful person that I still care deeply about. But around that time, I I had known I was queer before meeting him. Right, I knew this already about myself, but. I had never really felt confident enough, comfortable enough to really explore my queerness and to really understand what this meant to me. And so um, during the pandemic, I joined the wonderful crowd, the wonderful horde of pandemic queers who decided um, that they were either going to explore this and figure it out or that came into themselves and realized they were gay. Love that for all of us. So I really came to this point, and I also, um, around this time, I think I had a couple of friends who were polyamorous, or I was, like, following some people who were polyamorous and talking about relationship anarchy and all these things, and I really started to kind of sit with this and go, wow, I am in this wonderful partnership with this wonderful guy that I am deeply in love with and I really care about and I have a wonderful relationship with, but at the same time, I feel really called to explore my queerness, and I was like, well, what do I do, you know? And so as I was following some polyamorous creators, I really, I I began to realize, I was like, oh my gosh, I can have both. I was like, that is an option. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the sense, I can have both if my partner is willing and comfortable and open to the idea of polyamory, right? Open to the idea of non-monogamy. 
Um, but you know, if he isn't, you know, then I would have to figure out what I wanted to do. But anyway, spoiler alert, he was okay with it. And so (laughs) (laughs) flash forward a couple months later, um, eventually I like moved back home. Uh, my lease at school was up and whatever. And, Um, got vaccinated and whatnot. And so I was a bit beginning to feel a bit more open to queer dating. And so I ended up moving to Philly due to many reasons. But one reason was that I specifically really wanted to have the um, community around me to explore queer dating, uh, even as I was in a relationship with this guy. Um, And so I was like actively dating for a really long time. I still have been. um, And I'm no longer with uh, that partner. We're still on good terms. But um, things just weren't working out. And so anyway, still been actively dating and polyamorous. And so honestly, like by dating taught me so many things. Um, it taught me that gay people aren't shit, just like straight men aren't shit. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you for saying yes. it. Thank like, you like, for literally like, saying yeah, this. I'm like, fucking straight. Right bushy tailed. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited <laughs> about gay people. I was like, I think everybody's probably so in touch with their feelings. They're probably so right. much better at communicating. I bet I'll communicating. never communicating. I was an idiot. A motherfucking lie. A lie. <laughs> lie. A lie. I was unprepared Lies. for the level of disappointment that I have been experiencing. Because oh. let me tell you, gay people ghost you. Gay people disappear on you. Gay people can't gay communicate people for ghost. shit. Gay people do communicate. <laughs> and I will tell you things, but they're not being truthful. And so you think they're yeah, they lie. Gemini Mercury. They just say words, but they're not actually yep. communicating. Guys. Yes. When I tell you by dating, one of the most challenging experiences of my life. However, 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 my number one tip that I learned, just ask them to kiss at the end of the day. I have learned to do that. I have grown a pair. I started asking when I want to, um, because that Mm. was one of my biggest things with dating sapphic people was so new to me. And a lot of us are so like nervous and scared to ask each other to kiss. And so I had to learn um, and I've gotten to a point where I feel more comfortable just asking, like, hey, like, do you want to kiss or can we kiss? And at the same exact time, I've also learned that it's okay to just not kiss on a first date because maybe I'm not ready and maybe the other person isn't ready and you don't need to force it. Yeah. So I've kind of learned. I've oh, learned I love. Both. So those are my two my two tips. Um, and that is my rant for you on gay dating because gay dating is so hard. <laughs> Oh, my God. Gay dating mm-hmm. is so hard. It's so nuanced. That's <gasps> so funny that you're like, gay people ain't shit. Because I was literally talking <laughs> literally talking to my therapist. Uh, me neither. <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about this literally like an hour ago. <laughs> and she was literally, she was like, yeah, like you got to be realistic. Like you can have hope, but you got to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, yeah, I just thought like when I started dating women and like non men that I would just have like multiple orgasms and like oh. all this stuff would happen. And like, no, Mm-mm. no, it's no, a it's freaking like lie. You have to learn. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. It is a literal mm-hmm. skill that you have to learn. And then you can get to the multiple orgasms and then you mm. can get to like the good <laughs> communication. Then you can get to the other things. But like, it is so hard. And people lie. People will lie to you. People lie. Especially Leos. Especially Leos. Leos. Especially Leos. Leos. They lie. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I love Leos. Leos are really hot. Uh, If you're a Leo, uh, email hotbysummer at gmail.com. But no. um, Email. Yeah. You're so right. Yes. uh, You're so right, Annabelle. You're so right. What about you, Gemma? How has bi-dating been for you? Bi-dating? Well, I am 
seeing someone at the moment. However, what I can tell you about my experience by dating, lots of words come to mind. Um, Terrifying, (laughs) intimidating, wanting to vomit more than I would when going on dates with cis men, which was very interesting. Like, yeah, there was like, I, I remember the first time I was ever asked out by a girl, wish her all the best, um, taught me lots and beautiful, beautiful memories together. It, it was in ways, you know, I learned a lot about myself. There was a lot of growth. And I remember just like how terrified I was of being intimate because I was like, I don't know what to do. And that makes me feel yes. incredibly insecure as somebody who loves feeling confident and sure in what they're doing and where they're going mm-hmm. and how long they're doing what and all, you know all the business and I, your Aries Mars you want to be super sure especially yes. when it comes to like sexy yes. time you want to be like okay I'm, I got this yes yeah. and I don't want because that it feels I, I guess and in the way that we portray sex too um mm. especially in the queer community not even learning about queer sex he's like we want to be confident and there is this expectation that at least one of the people should be confident and the other person kind of follows suit or what have you. But, and I wanted to be that person. And I just remember thinking like, I am not there yet. Like I do not know what to do. And so a lot of the queer dating experiences I had were very emotionally intimate and very vulnerable and, you know, finding intimacy in ways outside of physical, which I thought was very interesting. And it was also hard because I think that, you know, the thing that I experienced with a couple people was unfortunately when I started queer dating, I was not fully confident in my queerness as they were. So unfortunately, I feel like I was not presenting as the like best, not I don't want to say best version of myself, but the better version of myself that I could have been, the more confident yeah. person, the more present person, the more aware person. Because, you know, sometimes these people would want to do a lot more than I would, or they would put in a lot more effort than I would because, you know, there would be moments where I would get overwhelmed just because of how new everything felt. And I remember wanting so badly to just feel comfortable really quickly and to skip the uncomfortableness because for some reason it would just make me really sad because I'd be looking at these people thinking, this is a wonderful beautiful human. And I want to feel confident in my queerness. I want to have these connections. I want to know what it's like to date queer people. And also I'm really fucking terrified and I have never dated queer people before and I have a lot of shit to work through. So there were those sad moments. And then I think, you know, as that progressed later, I did have a couple really beautiful experiences. I haven't had that much experience in the queer dating realm, but like I did meet a couple really, really sweet pe- people, like one person in particular, super sweet, made it super comfortable the entire time. Very, very wholesome, very romantic, very comfortable, no expectations, but it's a mixed yeah. bag. And it's really hard when, you know, we don't have the education or the discussions or the communities in our upbringing around us to kind of help prepare us for what the dating world will be like. And I know you don't really have that a whole lot for dating anyway, but specifically with queer people, I wish I had had more guidance and discussions when I was younger. So I would have had a better understanding of what to do and, you know, just more awareness on those experiences. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful. And I think what's so 
what really stood out to me about what you just said was that this idea that like, I don't know, like we were, at least I was taught, I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was taught that like queer people were like these like sexual deviant monsters and like sex so even coming into queer dating i just thought like sex was like the center of queerness like even in the word bisexual it was like oh you have to be super sexual like right i don't know why i just well i do know why because i was taught that um but i just came up with these stories of like what it meant to be queer is like to have lots of sex to you know do all this stuff to strap people and Mm -hmm. all this stuff i thought that's what queerness was and i thought that's what bisexuality was right and then to realize through all of that, even in deep in a queer hoe phase that I had months ago, like I was like, oh, this isn't the end all be all to queerness because yeah. obviously there's mm-hmm. ace people out yeah. there. Obviously there's people that like, you know, don't want to have sex for whatever reason, right. whatever that reason is. Um, and so like understanding that queerness has a long history like a long ancestral history a long history especially if you're a person of color Mm -hmm. just has a long beautiful history um and has very it can have very little to do with sex and that's okay um embracing that has has been really eye-opening and really beautiful and like really leaning into my queer friendships like with the both of you just oh yeah yeah it just that has been everything to me like just this summer I was like oh I want to have a hot girl summer I I just want to like have so much fun all this stuff and then got my heart broken blah 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 and then I had to be like okay I was like okay maybe I need to take a step back and I did and I just had one of the most iconic beautiful summers of my life just learning queer history going to queer museums going to cafes with friends Mm -hmm. talking about queerness and um just not having sex over the summer and it was really good that's so beautiful you can learn so much through queer relationships and I've definitely like have you two you know to thank for that but also just you know you two have really open up so much in regards to my journey in that sense, because yeah, I really struggled with exactly what you just said, assuming based on what I was taught, based on the standards and stereotypes I heard that queer culture was, you know, revolved and centered around sex. And that got me into trouble uh, where I was like, me too, pressured into something. And it was, I put consensual in quotation marks. I was not prepared, but I felt like I had to yeah. in order yeah. to, have the buy stamp of approval left feeling me too absolutely horrible it was not how I wanted that first time to go and you know I realized all right we got to do some reflecting here but I'm realizing through my relationship with you two like just the beautiful intimacy of your queer relationships that do not have to have this romantic you know part like relationship stamp but how you know even if that could be even more valuable than that yeah. because of the comfort that you feel and how easily it feels to show up as yourself and how naturally the conversations flow and the fun. And I feel like that's where you really start to step into your identity. But at the same time, like environments like that can teach you so much more than sometimes physical intimacy can. And I think that that's just a very beautiful, special thing that you two have certainly really taught me. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, I just think that's the coolest thing about queerness and queer friendships is even like within the queer friendships, there's like 
a, a romanticism yeah, about it. Like there's absolutely. something yeah, so beautiful. Like, oh my the gosh. friendships, top tier, chef's kiss, 10 out of 10, would recommend <laughs> having gay friends. Absolutely a must. Yeah. I, yeah. I like say, even like, – Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the example of you and Gemma making a pie together oh was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Gemma and I, I'm based out of Philly, and Gemma's re- really close to me across the river in, um, in New Jersey. And so um, – for oh my god when was this this was just a few weeks ago it was not that long ago but we basically had a a day-long date we just went on a date a friendship date um and it turned out like a whole day for us and we just did a whole bunch of like fall activities and like that's what i'm talking about and like that's a great example of like everything okay wait a minute though like the romance of queer friendships you say you're like just a day of cute fall things no this human, let me tell you, this human, <laughs> this Virgo, learning about how much I love fall and Halloween and how excited I was that it was October and it was spooky season, wrote an entire fucking itinerary, okay, <gasps> of fall what? shit to do. Like, 3 to 3.30, we get uh, a pumpkin matcha that I really want to show you. <gasps> this time to this time, we get apples somewhere. This time to this time, we get go to do something spooky like it was a full (laughs) queer person's fall my goodness pixie manic dream itinerary for october (laughs) that is the cutest thing that is this makes perfect sense (laughs) yes and you're virgo yes this is your love language that's so beautiful oh my god an itinerary whole itinerary it was lovely it was lovely like I, I just think for me, like when it comes to queer dating and queer sex, especially something that was really interesting for me was realizing that like, <clears throat> was the same as you guys, right? Really moving out of this mindset of like queerness is about me understanding how to date and have sex with queer people. And instead moving mm-hmm. into queerness is a deep faceted multitudinous aspect mm. of it, like deep rooted part of my identity that has an entire community and entire culture. Right. What does it mean to be queer in every way? What does it mean to queer my relationships, to queer as a verb, right, as a way of existing Mm. and being and seeing and doing? What does that mean and how does that look? Because for me, queerness has, I mean, you're like, yeah, sure, I have gay sex because I'm a gay person. But it's like that is not (laughs) at all for me, like the most important part about being queer. And for a minute, like, that was all I thought it was, same as you guys, right? But I think for me, especially as I started going on dates and, like, really realizing, like, queer people, like, dating is still just as shitty for me as it used to be. (laughs) Like, just in many different ways. It's literally the same level of shittiness, but there's different reasons for it being shitty. Now that's literally all that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. What I really realized is, like, my gay friendships and my queer friendships are – a really important part of my life and as I kind of stepped into my Mm -hmm. queerness my friendships became so and also for me this is related to like really unpacking my understanding of relationships in general as a relationship anarchist but queer people care for each other in a way that um I find that straight people don't and I I saw somebody ask about the fact that um sometimes this, this is likely have to do with the fact that when you come out to your family as queer especially when you are a first second gen immigrant when you're of color there's like added layers to this but um the likelihood of your family not accepting you, even kicking you out in some cases, you know, right. means that when it comes to your quote unquote family, and I'm saying quote unquote, not necessarily because it's like not family, but um, but when it comes right. to this concept of family, right, 
chosen family becomes so much more important, right? Because my friends, my queer friends are the ones that see me and understand me and are there for me. My queer friends were the ones that I went crying to when I was freaking out because I felt like I didn't know how to have gay sex. That is not something I was going to my family Mm -hmm. about. I mean, to be fair, if I was straight, I probably still wouldn't. But still, like, that's what I feel like queerness is for me is so much more than just that. It's also the culture, the art. Like, there's so many things about queerness that are so unrelated to sex. And, like, that for me is, like, what it means to be gay and what it means to be queer. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love that so Mm. much. Both of those answers were just so incredibly impactful and just, like, deep and nuanced. And, (laughs) oh, it's just good. It just gives me the fall cozy warm vibes. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Okay, so switching gears a little bit. Um, what is your favorite bi story that you have? This doesn't necessarily have to do with dating because um, we've established that that's just like the, the tip of the iceberg. Um, but what's your favorite like bi story? Oh I, I mean, I love the, the pie story, but yeah. Say, that's, that was going to be my answer was the pie story. If not oh, okay. oh, that's my answer. <laughs> I love it. I love the it. Pie story. It's such a good one. Such a good one. The bi pie story. It's so good. For anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, because this is like kind of an inside thing, um, I guess. Um, Annabelle posted on their story that um, Gemma was coming over and they baked this pie. And it was just so simple. It was like maybe like two or three stories. Maybe it was like a couple. Um, But it was just like it started the fall season and it just was so beautiful. Like the happiness and both of their eyes and like they just lit up and they were like okay the pie's ready and they both went over to the pie like the oven and they opened the oven they're like look it's crispy on top and it was just so cute y'all it was so cute so yeah that's the bye pie story it's very simple um but it's just cute yeah i love it yeah yeah Gemma, what about for you is that your is that your favorite bye story i mean oh my god i guess it's one of them now because yeah. making something and knowing how to do it and then having it turn out good, I think, is a massive accomplishment. It was in the life of adulthood. Had somebody else taste it. He also agreed. <gasps> okay. See? Okay. See? So it was really good. Fans we love that. Fans we got fans. I mean, I'm a fan of both of you, but. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, we talked already about this, um, about the most challenging part about being bi. I think we really covered that of this idea of like going into being like, okay, like we're, we're here, we're queer, we're, we're ready to explore. And then, you know, people just disappoint us (laughs) because they're humans. Because they're humans. Um, They are in fact humans. But if you do want to touch on anything else that you find challenging about, um, specific to being bi. Um, I mean, I was going to say I could have start a whole podcast about that, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I literally did. But um, yeah, if there are other challenges that you want to touch on, um, I'm happy to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, oh, Annabelle, you good? You go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You sure? I have nothing else to add for this question. I went over. Oh, all okay, my stuff. okay. I heard a voice. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that I see. I don't want to elaborate too much on it 
but I was going to say the imposter syndrome. And I know we kind of touched Ooh. on this, but I understanding the collective pain in that. Oh, like it's yes. I, even today, like, I, I don't know, there's imposter syndrome that can just come naturally in thinking, am I not queer enough? Am I not yep. presenting as queer enough? Am I not doing things to justify my queerness enough? And I, because I, I remember one of the girls I was seeing years ago, I, I think, yeah, I was, I was opening up to her. It was a very vulnerable conversation and I, I I'm sure she didn't have any ill intent when this was said but I do remember saying you know like as somebody who is very femme a queer femme it feels hard for me to I guess be really recognized in public as one of the gays right because I just I don't know I have a certain style I have a certain way that I present myself I just I just have a certain way of doing things where I you know the more I realized I'm not straight I started to wonder, should I be doing something differently? And I remember one of her responses, like it was a very long message. And it was basically like, if you want to be more queer, like I would recommend you should probably get a pixie cut. You should probably what? get these clothes. You, su- you should probably start dressing. More what? You should- and she kind of started telling me like how I should dress and show up and I just remember reading that feeling really conflicted and just kind of hurt because I was like I I didn't expect you to say that and also ouch and also you know is this confirming the fear and the insecurity that I've been having that I need to change myself and something about myself in order to be accepted by the community mm, around yeah. me. So I think the imposter syndrome can be very real. And I think that it needs to be debunked. And we as a community still have a good amount of healing to do because, you know, if we identify one way, we are that person, great, lovely, beautiful, wonderful. If one person is very out and outlandish about it and wearing go-go boots every day and presenting themselves in their own manner, that is lovely for them and it should feel empowering and it should motivate you to do that, but in your own way. You should feel like you can express yourself in your own way. And I think that I'm still trying to figure out like how I want to show up because some days I might yeah. feel more masked. Some days I might feel very neutral. Some days I might feel more femme. And then there can be that imposter syndrome of like, you should just pick one or just this weird insecurity that I think a lot of bi people have that I think needs to be more of a conversation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I also like, who the heck is this person to tell you how to dress? That's such a yeah. rude thing. And I know that you're like, this person, this wasn't their intention. But it's like impact over intent, right? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. What, in what world would like, I don't know. I guess I, the m- more my queerness that I get, the more I realize, well, first of all, a lot of my, most of my friends are femmes. But the more that I get into it, I'm like, oh, the like, cool, hot people are always going to know that I'm queer. Like, Every right. single time, like every single time, they're the ones that are going to k- pick up the cues. They're going to see everything and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's queer, obviously. <laughs> so it's just like weird that somebody be like, yeah, a pixie cut. Like, what? This is show up. And I think, again, we were both younger and I'm sure she had a limited, you know, queer. Yeah, understanding. Too, which I'm like totally water under the bridge now. But at the time I was like thinking I was like is that what I would have to do in order 
for you to be more comfortable dating me? Like, is that how yeah. you want me to show up? And in order to be committed to queer people, do I have to change something about myself? And that was a very hard thing to grapple with that I think I've worked on now, but you know, it still crosses your mind every now and then because so many of these conversations are unsaid, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna come in with like a slightly middle ground point of view on this. So for me, like I actually had a friend do the same thing to me where I mentioned, I was like, yeah, like I'm like really trying to come into my queerness. And now that I'm in Philly, like, I honestly like want to figure out how to look more gay. And my thought process behind saying this, it's really interesting to think about now. Cause like looking back um, for some people, when they hear that, they're like, oh, well, are you not securing your queerness? Right. Does that mean that like, you don't feel like you look gay enough? And it's like, well, no, that actually wasn't it. It was like, I really wanted to be able to connect with queer people more easily. And I wanted to figure right. out ways to more easily visually cue to people that I'm gay. That's literally yeah. all it was. And so for mm-hmm. me, it was like when my friends started telling me things about like things I could do, I was a little bit pushed, like put off put because it was a little bit like, oh, like is this person confirming that I don't look gay enough? <laughs> you know, like in the exact same yeah. way like you were saying. But at the same time, it mm-hmm. was also kind of like exactly the information that I wanted of like, I'm trying to understand how to better connect with the queer community here in Philly. Is there a way that I can do that? At the same time, <laughs> as I've kind of like gotten even more confident and more comfortable in my queerness, and like especially now that I have like a really solid group of friends that is queer, I'm not necessarily looking to connect with more queer people. Not that I don't want to, it's just like it's not something that I'm right. actively seeking out anymore. Um, right. And especially like when I first kind of was coming into my queerness, I was really coming into like my feminist at the same time. Um, and it was around the time oh. that I changed my pronouns. And so for me, I really began to er, develop, isn't the right word, like, I developed a really keen sense of what it meant to be femme in a really, in a really queer way. And I started to really be able to pick up for myself on queer femininity versus just Mm. straight women who wear feminine clothing. It's a very Oof. distinct thing. Um, and so like you were saying, Charmy, like a lot yeah. of people pick up on queer feminists um, a lot more easily than you realize. Like the people that look at me when I'm dressing more femme and think that I'm straight, they're straight. <laughs> queer yes, people look absolutely. at me and they can they're tell always straight. Queer. Yeah. Yep. So for me, it's like a little bit interesting because there's also a history in the queer community of I don't remember what the actual term is. It might be called flagging, but it's related to the yes, yes, it's yes. thank you. Yes, yes. Okay. So it is and it's related to the to the kink community as well, but especially yep. um decades ago when queerness was even more um unwelcome than it is now, you know, people created visual cues in order to be able to spot each other. So so like yep. I have like a kind of a middle ground like point of view when it comes to kind of that stuff, just because I understand there's like a queer history like related to why some of us like kind of dress the way that we do but at the same time it's like if you're gay you're gay it doesn't matter what you wear so right yeah 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 absolutely and I think like it's almost yeah I think what you're saying is is very much like flagging for community yeah whereas I feel like what Gemma was saying (laughs) what Gemma was saying was like oh I want the world to know Mm -hmm. my queerness how do I like you know flag to the world and this person was like 
here's all this advice on what I think queerness mm. is because, yeah. you know, for what they thought it was. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it was different. But I love that what you're saying is like flagging for community. I think well, that's that, so, yeah. so important. And actually, I looked up history. I look up history a lot. Um, <laughs> Gemini Rising. Um, but queer history is so fascinating to me. Yeah. And so lesbians back in the day used to paint their nails lavender to the flag lavender. to other – yeah, oh to flag to other God. queer folks that they were queer. Yeah, and I just think that's like the coolest thing ever. And like the color awesome. lavender is a big deal. I mean, we drink lavender matcha. We, I, dr- I drank uh, lavender matcha this, like literally yep. a few hours ago. Um, but lavender is like such a huge like thing in the queer community and nobody can quite place it. But like the color, I mean, the smell, it like relaxes you. But it's just it's just really cool how we've come up with our own language, like yeah. our own language of queerness. I mean, the lavender mouth um, is, I forget exactly what that term was, but that wasn't that like a group of lesbians? The lavender mouth. Yeah, yeah. I um, believe so. And recently it got beautiful. talked about again because um, Taylor yeah, Swift was saying yeah, lavender haze or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I don't know much about the, the Swifties, but I know that was a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a thing that happened. Um, which brings us to sort of more of our closing questions, which, you know, I, I love to end on a nice little optimistic, fun little note. Um What's your favorite part about being bi? Oh my god, so many things. Gemma, you can go I know, ahead. I feel about to say so something. many. No, I feel like I was waiting for you. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like on my screen light up and I was like, oh. I'm but inhaling because I love the question, but I was like <gasps> Annabelle's. Turn. I mean, I love that like so um for context for people who also don't know, so I use they she pronouns and I'm also half white and half Taiwanese. And so a lot of times I am really kind of grappling with like understanding like at the intersection of different things like where do I sit and then really understanding that at the same time like an intersection isn't where I sit I'm like Mm -hmm. the the beautiful like overlap in a really big Venn diagram and it's like a big I don't know how to say but like I'm that beautiful little intersection but also I'm expansive more beyond that and like yes you're more than an intersection I love that so many thoughts like I really think that um bisexuality is incredibly expansive it has so much just freedom in the way that we kind of think about ourselves um and I love that it's just like this beautiful space of everything you know um I don't know I just I love being bi so much I love being a gay little gay little bisexual little baby and just my life friends and like the way that we just kind of are all so open I think is just such a like open to different thoughts and ways of being is like I don't know I just I love it I love it me too I think that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. answer I love that how about you Gemma I love it gosh I mean in addition to learning just how deep and glorious and beautiful your circle can be of people who are just so unconditionally loving and nurturing. I'd say the fluidity um, of what bisexual means, because I think when I was a lot younger, I assumed that bi equals one, two, you are are attracted to male and female. Those are the only two genders on the spectrum. I was not as well-versed in the fluidity of gender at that time. And so now that I've been learning about the fluidity of gender, it's, almost making me more comfortable in the fluidity 
of my own orientation and how I show up. And it almost kind of relaxes the pressure to choose. I, I suddenly feel like I don't have to choose anymore. Yeah. I can present as who I want to. And, you know, presenting as bisexual is kind of saying to the world, I am fluid and I am, you know, giving myself that permission to have a deeper connection with my divine, divine feminine in addition to connecting to the masculine side of me as well and learning that I don't have to choose one or the other and learning that love is abundant. Love does not just show up and present itself in romantic relationships. This is something I was thinking about on my drive when I was thinking about how am I going to answer Charmy's questions today? Yeah. Um, because I think that in our dating culture in cishet normativity, we are built to believe that love is exclusive, that love is limited, that love is sparse, and that we have to chase it and that we have to change ourselves and do all these things to fit these molds and that love, the peak of achieving love is monogamy and is finding that one person. And so it's really helped me romanticize my life and find love in passions and trying new things and, you know, my friendships and just seeing how it really is just such a wonderful and diverse, you know, element out there. And it is never non-abundant, even if we're trying to be, you know, forced into believing that it is. So I think the fluidity of bisexuality and queerness has just been a very remarkable journey in these parts. Oh my so. goodness. Oh my God. That was so beautiful. You, the both of you are going to make me cry. That's so beautiful. <laughs> the I fluidity. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say the fluid, fluidity and the intersection. I love it. Yeah. Oh, love it. Um, have you guys, I think you guys might know this quote, but I wanted to read this quote from Ocean Vuong because I feel like it really oh, encapsulates oh. like what Gem and I are kind of getting at here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Ocean Vuong is this incredible um, queer Vietnamese author. If you guys have not read anything by him, I highly recommend um, And when I say you, I'm talking to like both of you guys also are our, our lovely little <laughs> audience here. <laughs> So there's this beautiful uh -huh. quote that he said once, and it reads, being queer saved my life. Often we <sighs> see queerness as deprivation. But when I look at my life, I saw that queerness demanded an alternative innovation for me. I had to make alternative routes, and it made me curious. It made me ask, is this enough for me? Mm -hmm. I think about the quote all the time, all the time. <sighs> That's exactly how I think about queerness. Creativity, forcing oh. yourself to go, what do I want and can I demand more from life and how can yes. I demand more from life? Because I know that I deserve everything. Wow. Oh my God. That is so impactful and so powerful. I just like need to sit on that quote for like <laughs> several weeks and just like put it on my walls. Like that is so beautiful. Oh my God. Thank you so much for reading that. Um, yeah, so we're going to – that's just a, a beautiful place to start closing off. And so the last question is what's bringing you by joy? It can be little. It can be big. It could be anything you can think of. But what is bringing you by joy? This interview, this little chat with you Aww. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Having oh, opportunities to have a platform where we get to speak on our experiences and our values is just yeah. the epitome of queer joy. And then – being able to exchange energies with two beautiful people. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. That's a great place to end. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> this is so beautiful. 
Thank you both so much for being on Hot by Summer. This was absolutely incredible. Uh, is there any other parting words that you'd like to add? Anything you'd um, like to I plug? Any? <laughs> yeah. I, was just, I want to tell everyone listening to come be besties with me on Instagram and TikTok. It's Anna BB. Yes. I'm sure Shami will have links and stuff. But come say hi. I love chatting with like all queer people. Please be my friend. Yes. Yes, I will put ats um, in my description, all the TikToks, all the Instagrams, all the good stuff. Both of you have incredible content. That's amazing and remarkable. Wait, what'd you say? Nothing, nothing, nothing. What did I lie about? No. Okay, okay. Somebody else is going to catch it later. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. I love you both. And um, yeah, this was incredible. Bye. 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 Bye.